See, before we start, Emma, can I ask you a question? You can always. Carol Baskin, <laughs> does she do it? <laughs> oh, we're covering, we're covering all the, the hot topics today. Did she do it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think, um, I think she maybe had something to do with it. I think she had her hand in it, or or her, her kitty cat paws, as some would, as she would say, cool cats and kittens. Um, I can't. Uh, and whenever I hear her name now, I just hear that TikTok song. The cow basket can't say it didn't happen. Rob's like looking at me like, what are you talking about? Because I'm down well, with the kids. Well, I can't sing. Um, <laughs> no, do you know, but, uh, tell no, me, I actually joined TikTok, Emma. I joined TikTok. You did not. Rob McDowell, did. you did not. <laughs> are you getting down with the kids? Well, I'm trying. I, but, to, I, mean, I had I, to tell I Rob what slides were. I know. No idea. <laughs> The only thing that I did that was fashionable was when I moved from Bebo over to Facebook, and that was how long ago. <laughs> Bebo, I love Bebo. And I was devastated when they shut it down, and I missed the time frame when you could get your pictures back. But that's oh. potentially a good thing, because I actually dread to think what is on there. I think she had something to do with it. But, and she's definitely letting on like she's she's knows more than what she's letting on but mm -hmm. i think the filmmakers were shady 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 towards her like they they yeah. were putting to what they're putting over a certain angle and they were putting over you know what they like they put it over in a certain light and yeah, um i mean they did that to joe as well to joe exotic that's right they, yeah, they put that's over right. things the way that they wanted to see it and there was so much more that they left out. I mean, even um, the guy who got his arm cut off. Yeah. He in the catch up episode, he was saying there was so much about Joe that they left out. So much good stuff about Joe that they left yeah. out, but they wanted you to see him in a way that was. Oh, he's so terrible. Now, don't get me wrong, he wasn't a good guy, but there was mm -hmm. also so much good stuff that he did. But, I mean, Definitely. the the whole thing was trash. There was just yep. so many trash people, so many horrible people all together in one place. No wonder they made a film about it. No wonder they made a documentary about it because you're like, how? I had actually listened to a document, uh, um, a podcast, like a documentary podcast on it last year because mm -hmm. the podcasters are always way ahead of the curve. They are always the yeah, ones definitely. getting this stuff out before everyone else. And I'd listened to a, a podcast about Joe Exotic. So I'd known about these people and Carol Baskin. I and mean, then I'm, you know, listening to me being like, I knew about this before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I am so that person. I'm like, I knew about this before like the whole world knew about this. So like <laughs> whatever. But <laughs> but I I had heard about them. I'd heard about them. And um it's no wonder that the whole world's going crazy about it because how many people have like how all these people been together? Mm -hmm. it, it was a powder keg waiting to explode.
Towell. I'm Emma McNeil Kelly, and this is Scunnard. But yeah, essentially, yesterday, Rob and I recorded a whole podcast and then realised we hadn't recorded it. <laughs> Sorry, who hadn't recorded it? <laughs> Rob hadn't recorded it. I wasn't going to say, I wasn't going to drag you. I'm not dragging you still. I just think it's hilarious because, because we're noobs, folks. We're we noobies. Absolutely. It was funny because after some technical hitches on my side, I eventually mm-hmm. got in. And we eventually started chatting. We got carried away. We did the full episode. And then at the end of it, I said, uh-oh, I haven't pressed record. So that's why we're a wee bit late with this. <laughs> so I do apologise. It was just that. a wee hiccup. Just a wee hiccup. But the look of disappointment in Emma's face, it was like that, <laughs> that look that my mum you know, gives me where she'll <laughs> stare over the glasses and stare at you and just kind of <laughs> big doe eyes. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I was just like... Are you serious? Wait, what? Huh? I know. But I mean, I would say that was that was something that had us heavy scunnered. I'd like oh, to introduce you all to your host, Rob McDowell. And Emma McNeil Cowie. This is me. That's we are Emma. just <laughs> so delighted to have you all with us. This has been a labour of love for both Rob and I when we concocted it in a pub together, being like man the world and this is before coronavirus i will have you all know before covid19 we were scunnered already so where do you think what do you think we're like now we're hanging on <laughs> by a thread <laughs> well, today today was supposed to be a big day emma like i know that you know people who know you will know about it but people who don't what, mm-hmm. what was today to be it was supposed to be my lovely fiance and i's engagement party we we're supposed to be getting family and friends from far afield and close by together to celebrate because you know a lot of the time especially in my fiance's family we would joke because we would always only see each other for funerals <laughs> there was yeah. one year where no joke there was like four or five funerals in one year and we were like we need to get together to see each other for something fun and great and um it just it would be nice to have something so fun and full of love and um, we're not going to be able to have the wedding for a while. I know that the yeah. wedding industry has been destroyed and shattered for all of this. I've got a very close friend of mine whose wedding has had to be moved and potentially postponed for a while. And I, I worked in the wedding industry for many years as a wedding singer, you know, the joys. And I've, I know many people who are out of work. My income has been completely depleted as an entertainer. I'm still a singer. And my diary just disappeared. Yeah, It's been really devastating. It was pretty much overnight, wasn't it? Because you yeah. it was pretty much overnight and, and, and everything just changed completely. And I know that you also weren't well because you actually had the coronavirus, didn't you? I, and I know that sure did, sure <laughs> did, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm like laughing and joking about it, but it was really terrifying. Um, and I had to 
go through it. And I'm someone who has dealt with health issues generally my whole life. We figured out that I had a genetic condition when I was 29, 30, around that age. I'd been ill throughout my whole life, but we had to go through a long process of diagnosis and all of that. And when I was 29 or 30, one of those, um, we've, I got a diagnosis of classical Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. It is a mouthful and it is mm-hmm. not the most fun to live with. But I do it, we do it. Um, I know you have to deal with your fun, quote-unquote fun, uh, um, health issues too. And um, you learn to live with those things because you know generally what it is you're dealing with. And mm-hmm. when you're going to the hospitals, you generally know what it is that you're going to be dealing with but with this it's so new and there can be many there can be unexpected turns that you don't know what the outcome could be it could be very scary and because I had an underlying health condition I was pretty terrified and I was I've got friends who work in the front lines and they are seeing people younger than me with no underlying health conditions die. Yeah, exactly. And that is the reality of what we're dealing with here. And it was honestly, at some points, really scary. And I was having to just figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. I was going by the guidance. I was going by the guidelines. And thankfully, I was okay. But I did have to go for a visit at the COVID hub. And the COVID hubs were set up pretty early on in the um, fight to deal with this. <laughs> I don't know. And the, yeah. and the response and the government's response to, to COVID. They put Is that the Scottish government's response? The Scottish government's response. Yeah. So let's be very clear here. <laughs> the Scottish government's response to COVID. They kind of set up these hubs, didn't they? And I had to go to one. And I'm not going to lie and say it was it was easy it was absolutely terrifying the only thing that made it bearable were the staff yeah the staff are legit superheroes and i know that word's getting batted around but i encountered it and they are like i went and this is me and like yourself who deal with hospitals we we kind of know how to do hospitals don't we we know how to do do like visits and stuff i know people who are actually terrified of hospitals yeah don't want to go will avoid actively avoid going to their doctor yeah well i mean i i I remember you saying to me one time you know someone who's not been to their doctor their gp never visited their gp no, that's right. There's because I mean I, I find it's really surprising that there are actually people out there who actually have never been to their GP and had never yes. have never been to hospital apart from visiting people. I just thought that's crazy. You know, I would love, I would absolutely love to not have to oh, do like you're saying, go delight. to hospitals all the time. Yeah, I would exactly. love that. that. Oh, what a luxury! What a luxury to have never gone to your doctor, never gone to your GP. But I understand those people. Yeah, I understand those people when they're like, nah. 
If I can avoid going, I'll avoid going. But mm-hmm. anyway, I had to go to the COVID hub. Went and you like when when you go, you have to go on your own. And I think now they're saying you can go with someone in your household because people okay. are scared. Because that was scared. back. That was back at the start, wasn't it? That was a couple a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. But I think now people are saying they're not going to go. Yeah. If they if they have to go on their own, and I can get that, I can really get that. So I think they're saying you can go with someone within your household. That's good. So anyway, I went, and it's like people are at, at within like a meter away from you. As soon as you go, mask on, um, and that's scary within itself because it makes you feel a bit claustrophobic. Yeah, definitely. Um, and particularly when you're not feeling I, well and you can't catch your breath as well, you're. Yeah. Adding on to that, having a mask on as well. So. And if you've got a temperature mm-hmm. and you're already yeah. feeling hot, oh, man. And at the time, I knew, I knew I had it. Yeah. Like, and I felt like a contagion to these people. I felt, yeah. oh, no, I'm going to get these people sick. And it was really scary. So... I got them, I got there, and even the security guard legit said to me, you just need to calm down, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, everyone's really nice, just try and take a breath in. Because I was like crying from the minute I got there, because everyone was all masked up, and you know, I was like, oh my god, this is terrifying. And I'm someone who's been, I, could, I can do surgeries in my sleep. Like, yeah. I got to the stage of going to hospital so much, I would only tell my parents if I was going in for surgery. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and that wasn't out of being mean to my parents, it's because I didn't want to get my parents upset. No, I understand. You don't get something to bad was going to happen because I was like, oh, this is boring now, I'm going in at a hospital so much, it's like I don't want to get them all in a tizzy if it's just mm-hmm. to get some tests run. Do you know what I mean? No, I know what you mean, and definitely. And it's like, if I'm finding this petrifying, what about your regular person? Not regular, but like people who are scared. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. People who don't have experience of hospitals. Yes, people who don't, aren't experienced in this. Reg, like as much as I, like when I, I can literally be like, oh, I'm fine, it's okay. And what I will say though, is that nurses, student nurses, Blooming mm-hmm. students are in there coming yeah. and being next to me as close as they can be to calm me down. And I was like, stay away. Yeah. I don't want you getting sick. And that freaked me out. It freaked me out no end. And this is a bit, you know what I'm going to get to because me and Rob talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Got into my appointment. And they're like, the doctor's going to speak to you now. Okay. Up he pops on Zoom. Nuts. And I'm like, all right, okay. So they said to me, basically, yeah, you've got a presumptive diagnosis. We can't do any testing at the community level yet. Right, okay. That's nuts. Okay, fine. Um, and I said, and then as soon as he popped off Zoom, I said to the nurse, so why are you guys all, dispo- all dispensable? Yeah, exactly. But the doctor isn't. And she just kind of made it like that. Oh face 
She went it's true it. though, because you, when you came out of the hub, like for people who follow him on Twitter, you'll see when she came out of the hub, she made a video um, and it was very much, you did it on the spot, didn't you, in your car? And obviously we'll yeah. put a wee link to this in the episode so that people can see it. And the thing that came across was that, because Emma's one of these people that, although she says about we go to the hospital a lot, like if you've got to go for tests or for treatment, but yeah. Emma's head could be hanging off with the last strand and she'll still be trying <laughs> to look out for everybody else. So to see her making a video mm. and actually it was very raw and, and you, what, 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 was, what was the purpose of your video when you came out of there? I was, well, it was like my true emotional reaction in that moment. I was so moved by the courage of those nurses. I was so, I couldn't believe that they were so kind, yet I could tell they must be so genuinely afraid. Mm. Like I speak to a lot of, I've got a, one of my best friends is, is working on the front lines of this. And I know that many others across the country are doing this and putting themselves in literal danger because they don't have the correct PPE. I mean, those nurses were had a little mask that is doing not enough for them. Yeah. They have a wee apron that doesn't cover anywhere near enough and they've got gloves that aren't covered and it's not covering all their arms. It's not enough and they are in contact with people by the time they get to the COVID hub, it's suspected that they're showing all the symptoms. Yeah, that's right, because you had to go through, before you went to the COVID hub, you had to go through NHS 24, didn't you, on the phone and yeah. then someone called you back and you spoke to a doctor there and they then yep. arranged for you to go into the hub. So it's not like uh -huh. you, people are not just walking off the streets. And I suppose that no. although it was it was a couple of weeks ago, and things have improved. You know, as far as because you know, I'm the very, I'm the last person that would sit back and say the Scottish government have done everything correctly and they've been great. I mean, I'm not an epidemiologist or a virologist, but when you've got members of your family and friends, like Emma was saying, who are constantly telling you about, I mean, they're telling you horror stories. They're telling you things that make your hair curl, and PPE yeah. is one of these things that. I don't know if you've seen the other day, there was a documentary on from Panorama and what it said mm -hmm. is the PPE in the United Kingdom, so obviously across the whole four countries, um, the UK government were releasing figures saying we have X number of millions of items of PPE, but actually one of the things they were counting was gloves individually. So they're counting, instead of counting pairs of gloves, of course, because ordinarily you'd put a pair of gloves on, they were counting individual gloves. I mean, that is just the ridiculous. I mean, I think something that I said yesterday, and I will repeat again today, what are they doing? Are they counting each individual blooming finger? I know, exactly. It's unreal. I mean, that is a pretty Patel move, if ever I've heard one. Absolutely. It, it's just, Absolutely. it's so ridiculous that, yeah. I mean, why are they trying to fudge the numbers anyway? I that think, is you know, my I question. I honestly think, See, something, something interesting happened, right? I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance, because we, we've not spoke this morning, so I don't know if you've had a chance to see this from yesterday, but there was two stories, two independent stories, where key workers can go, as you know, obviously, you can go and get uh, tested because you're part of the family with Sean as a key worker. Um, yeah. And I know that you're, you're going to talk about your brother in a minute because mm -hmm. your, your brother um, had to go and get tested as well. But with the... The test, the UK government said they wanted 100,000 tests a day. 
and then and then all of a sudden it was always oh, a capacity for a hundred thousand. But last yeah. night there was two stories that I read, which I think will shock you because two key workers, it was actually members of key workers' families, went to get tested. They pulled up and they, these are in different test sites. The army took their swabs and gave them a card and said to them, register within twenty four hours with this key code number online because if you don't, then the, the you know the the system resets and you won't be able to get your results. So that was fine. They went home, registered, um, or so they thought, tried to register, came up with an error message and they called the helpline number, gone through the whole process, explained what had happened and they said, oh, are you a key workers member of family or are you on the front line? No, I'm a member of family of the key workers. Oh, you won't get your results. So they, they inquired, both of them, what do you mean we won't get the results? It turns out and this, I don't know if this is an isolated thing to these two cases, but actually, key, although key workers are getting tested, unless they're actually on the front line, people are saying, certainly these two people were saying that they were told definitively on the phone that they will not get their results, that their swabs are taken and they're taken away, but actually they're not actually put into the lab system and tested. So, of course, the UK government can then say that they have provided X number of tests because they've swabbed X number of people. X number of throats and noses, but actually how that transpires into how many results. I mean, this is, I'll put the link to the two newspaper articles on this story, and I'll also link, there's another one where someone got told to go to get tested, and they turn up and the gates are open, and they drive into, I think it was a theme park, but there's no one to test them, there's no, there's no huts, there's nobody there. So they were told to go here at this time with this email. They turn up at the time, the gates are open, there's signage for the test, but there's actually nobody there. And there's not even any huts, no drive through cabins, nothing. But they say, oh, well, we've allocated you a time and a exactly. place. It's, it's absolutely nuts. It's it something really is. shady. That, that is shady, shady, manipulative tactics. But it doesn't surprise me. Is this, yeah. where did this happen? So this happened down in England. These two cases, or the three cases rather, happened down in England. So there was two um, where they, they were told that their tests won't be counted. You know, I think it's interesting when you see at the very start it was Matt Hancock. You know, he was he was the phoenix from the the ashes, rising from the coronavirus that he had had decimated oh. him. He came out six days into it and went on the television, of course, while the chief nurse, one of the chief nurses, were there, and actually. The, the World Health Organization say 14 days um, and Matt Hancock was out within six days. So he must have super immune system, superpowers. Really he must, yeah. A, he was open in a hospital and then he was coughing. He was caught on camera. He was coughing Hi. and things. I mean, I honestly, I get the whole thing where they have to make this measurement. And God, you know, I am so glad that I'm not the first minister because, or the prime minister or anybody like that, because having to, to wait up you're weighing up the economy and you're weighing up the health of people. And you think, you know, it's, it's a, you think, right, it's common sense. We'll always just crack right down and, and, and put people, you know, first, second and third. But then when you look at the damage to the economy, um, if you bring in where nobody can leave their house at all, you know, you bring in the most strict, tightest um, lockdown that you could imagine, what then happens is the economy suffers and then, after this crisis is long gone, the pain of that economy suffering will actually be, because it will be the people that are most affected, the people with the least money. Amazon is certainly flourishing. 
Oh yeah, I mean they always do. Online, That's the thing. I mean the economy is suffering, but online is booming. Yeah, so exactly. I know that the economy is suffering in one way, but like the although people are having to, um, it is it is affecting the economy. It's the economy will bounce back. If oh, there's no yeah. people to buy stuff, the I economy will not, will not recover. So the, all the economists freaking out, I'm like, yeah, but there needs to be people to buy your shit. Exactly. Well, that is a balance, isn't it? Because <laughs> as you were saying about Amazon, when you think about Tesco's and Sainsbury's and all the other supermarkets, even though people were queuing and toilet rolls were selling out and whatever, well, they weren't giving the toilet rolls away. You know, they're not giving the, the food away. That was getting bought. So these companies are yep. seeing a boom. They're seeing an absolute boom. And don't get me wrong, no one, I mean, we, we, knew on the, we knew on the 10th of January, I think it was, that the first, there was evidence of human-to-human transmission in, in China. Um, yeah. But how that translates and what that means to us sitting here in Scotland, people really didn't know. And I'm, I mean, I was guilty of it when I first heard about it. I actually thought, that's very similar to, you know, like the avian flu and different things that have happened in um, in Asia, and and it was it was quite self-contained, or it was always, you know, contained to an extent. But of course, this situation is unprecedented, and I get the point about the economy. But there does have to be a balance. There has to be a balance because, on the one hand, you'll end up, you know, for example, there's Donald Donald Trump, and I'm not Donald Trump's fan at all. I really can't stand the guy, but. His government here, here. has given has given checks out to obviously the citizens, um, and they will then. If you don't have money, right? If you're skint and you're given a check for a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds, just say for talking sake, you'll go and spend that thousand pounds on the economy. You will go and spend it. You'll inject it into the economy. You give it to people who are who are rich, or you give it to rich businesses. Well, it sits in their bank account, you know, because they'll save the money. We'll spend the money. So we need direct stimulus to us. You know, as well, the people need to 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 have it because the boom in the economy just now, as you said, Amazon, all the other companies, the supermarkets, they're having you know an absolute windfall. And and the thing is, the staff every single day that are going in and knocking their pan in to go into a warehouse at Amazon, and you have situations where workers are being told they have to, you know, they they can't go off sick in America. I can't remember the the state. People were told they can't go off sick, and then you had two members of the warehouse die, you know, with with COVID. It's ludicrous. Here are some messages from your sponsors. And now, back to the show. You You mentioned about the COVID hub, and you told us about the experience with your COVID hub. And I know that mm-hmm. your your own recovery, you went through a period where you were starting to feel better and then all of a sudden you felt bad again. People, yeah. Some people say that COVID is just the flu. Um, what, <laughs> what would you no. say to people that say that? I would say that that is a very ignorant statement. I would say that it is an ill-informed statement. And I would say that, yes, I have felt sicker with other things but the thing about this is that we don't know enough about it and we don't know the long term effects of having it 
we don't know um it's so infectious yeah exactly it is so damaging to people who are immunosuppressed and yes you could perhaps say that about you know other flu type illnesses but at the moment we don't have a vaccine for this therefore it is so 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 dangerous yeah it is no regular flu and me having personally had it i am still exhausted i am exhausted and it is not like that is what has lingered with me and that has not been like any other flu that i have had ever like i got sick with it it took me three weeks to fully recover and then had a relapse yeah and then i have still not fully shaken off the lethargy this ain't no regular flu yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I will it. take you on. Anyone who says that, I'm like, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> you know, it's true because following, like, Emma and I speak a lot. We speak, we speak practically every day, don't we? So, we following Emma's do progress. Speak every day and... and I was saying to you, like, keep me updated. Let me know what's happening. You know, more or less every breath, yeah. just taking a mask and what's going on because <laughs> Are you okay? this genuine Are you alive? concern. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying, look, just tell me if you're alive or not. Um, because. Yeah. You know, with Emma, as I said, you you have to wait to the things are it's very worst before you can actually be assured that she's going to do something about it because you think she just doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah, one people. of those people. <laughs> it's true though because you don't want to. You know, she'll say, "I don't want to bother people," and I said, "Well, look, that's what the NHS is there for." Do you know, you're not going yeah. in. It's not like you're going in with diarrhea or you're going in because you feel you know you've got a hangover. You're feeling like shit. A wee bit and you want to and get... Exactly, yeah. and your your brother. So Brendan went for yeah. a test, didn't he? Yeah, so that, because... I say he's my brother, he's uh, my fiance's wee brother, but he lives with us and he's lived with us for about four years now, four or five years. Um, and I just call him a wee brother because, you know, when he lives through the wall from me and has done since he was a teenager, he's your wee brother. Ah, he's a brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, if he, if so... he's nice and he pisses you off as well at times, well, that's your brother. That's just <laughs> that's your that's wee brother, sibling. Right? <laughs> when, when you've pretty much carried him home pissed. Of, of, of a weekend he's your wee brother um, so he is uh, I was when I went and saw at the Covid hub I was like why is my fiance not showing symptoms and they're like he'll have it he's just mm-hmm. asymptomatic that is yeah. why this thing is so dangerous and spreads like wildfire because it's asymptomatic in some people and makes other people very ill and others to die right, so definitely. like that is why this thing is so dangerous um and then brendan started showing symptoms and the week that brendan started showing symptoms that is when they launched the um facility for friends and family of um frontline workers to get um tested and mm-hmm. i had started to recover by that time so it was a drive-through facility down at the airport and I took Brendan to go to get tested but by the time that it was up and running Brendan was in like the last day of him showing any symptoms ah, right. at all mm-hmm. 
So um, he ended up showing and coming up a negative result, yeah. but they it said basically that he was he was just tested too late. That's the but, thing about this is because it's a novel coronavirus. You you said earlier on we don't really know much about it, and one thing that obviously yeah. is one thing that we do know is that some people like Sean, for example, were asymptomatic, show no symptoms, and initially at the very start of the outbreak, the World Health Organization and indeed still to this day, Sweden, I believe, still say that people who are asymptomatic are, are actually of a low risk of passing it on to other people. And of course, we know now that's not true because. As the weeks have went on and the DNA, the RNA and the virus has been sequenced and they've been able to follow the infections and try and figure out where it came from and how it's um, how it's getting into our bodies, for example, they say now that if this was, if the SARS, you know, the first SARS virus or the MERS virus was as contagious as this, then, I mean, we'd be talking about the world, you know, the flu, the Spanish flu pandemic. You'd be talking about millions of people losing their lives and it's just yeah. lucky you know and I say we're lucky because obviously at the moment although numbers I mean for every single person who's died including the care workers and the health staff key workers and and everybody else that's, that's died or had been severely damaged by the virus of course that's their family but it's not you're not we're not talking about millions upon millions of people all yeah, you know dying it's so tragic but it exactly it could be so like it just could be so much worse, and and even saying that sounds terrible, but it, it's it, everything is awful right now, is what I'm saying. It's just yeah. all awful, and Definitely. there's no way, there's no right way to say any of it, really. Do you know what I mean? There's no right no, way to say, oh, in comparison to those deaths, the other deaths could be as awful. Do you know? There's no right way to say that. No, exactly. That's the thing. That's why I'm glad it's just we're actually, all awful. We're talking now about you know in Scotland they're counting the the people that are passing away in care homes and passing away at home because that was one thing that we spoke about a lot Emma and I thinking that yeah. you know for for all intents and purposes when you're in a care home and you're in a nursing home that's your home and you're yeah. you know we hear we hear politicians saying oh could you not just isolate them could you not just put this person in the hospital take and you're saying well, hold on a minute this is this person's home and I get the whole thing yeah. about they spread through the, the institution, but it's you can't just pluck people out of their own home. No. You know, there, there has no, to be a way of managing not. people in, in situ. And particularly when people are near the end of their life, the last thing they yeah. want is to be plucked out and put into no. isolation and put away. I mean, it's, it'd be frightening. I mean, I know with my own and shielding. It'd be very confusing for them. Exactly. And especially a lot of people in care homes suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia and yeah. it would just it would be very very stressful for them mm -hmm. and for their families it's it, it's a very stressful time so and an upsetting time yeah. uh, making an already yeah. upsetting time all the more upsetting so there needs to be some tact and dignity here yeah I agree and Absolutely. I think that needs to be taken into huge consideration. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, see before we recorded today, I don't know if you had a chance to catch, the First Minister said that what they're doing starting today is they're going to increase the testing capacity, so use, use up the testing capacity they have, but continually increase it. And one of the things they wanted to do is 
the, the person who, and forgive me because I can't remember her name, but the, the person who is the chief executive of the Louisa Jordan um, Hospital, the new Louisa Jordan, because the capacity is not, not being used. You uh, what is it that the, the Rajis are calling it? The Louisa Jordan, what are the Rajis calling it? Oh, I don't even know. What is it? The the Nightingale, the 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 Scottish Nightingale Hospital, oh, or something Nightingale. like that. Do you know Scotland uh, must be Scotland must be one of the only countries in the world where you have part of the population that think that anything distinctly Scottish or celebrating Scottishness or Scottish <laughs> contribution is a bad thing. And oh, how we dare we? How this, very dare yeah. we want to have celebrate the fact that we are a country? Exactly. And think about the Scottish cringe. I mean, that's something I see a lot on social media, <laughs> is that any time you record anything, I mean, I've, I've done it so many times, you record something and, and you're speaking normally and people say, that's so cringy, you know, the way you're speaking, you should speak English. And you're thinking, do you know, I'm speaking, I'm, I'm speaking the way I'm speaking. You know, when I was at school, you weren't allowed to say certain things, you had to speak in a certain way. But, you know, we should be happy about our culture and our history. Oh, and I honestly yeah, don't care. That's, I'm like, if they exactly. want to say that that's a Scottish <laughs> cringe, then they can bolt you a bunch of radges. That's what I would say to that. Do you know what? Anybody that's anybody that's making this, because the thing is, we, I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm politically active on the left, centre left, you know. Are like, you? I'm, are you really? I am are you, are you Rob? I'd never noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, like, see for me, right, I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of, Scottish exceptionalism. Like I'm not a fan of exceptionalism of any type. Where I'm, where you're saying that my country's better than yours, and you know we are doing this better than you. What it is about no, is purely and simply no, no. But for me, what it's about is about saying, look, Scotland can be just as big and as good and as you know as um, the people are just as talented as the people everywhere else. And that's the for me when when you're talking yeah. about the Louisa Jordan because I know. I mean, I seen all the tweets and I just thought I'm not even going to engage with them because. To, to try and make a party political point, because that's what it is, to try and basically say that, how dare you call this after Louisa Jordan? You should be calling it after yeah. Nightingale. I mean, I know that the thing is, Nightingale, fantastic contribution to nursing, but then at the very yep. start of her career, not so. There was a lot of people that were, you know, when she was doing things um, and, and not actually following the procedures that, that she, she later set down, and it led to a lot of people being affected. So... People are not, it's not as clear cut, you know, and, and, and I think that when it comes to this, we need to be celebrating. I mean, I think Wales called theirs the, the Red Dragon or the, the something dragon or something, you know, their hospital. Aye. So it should be, I mean. to be, um, to celebrate our own attributes. Yeah, absolutely. As countries. I mean, I'd love to know, I mean, what did Northern Ireland call theirs? I don't know. I was I going no to idea. say something really, really bad. And I'm like, no. Emma, hold your mouth. I honestly don't know. This does, It'll be this something does very conservative. get broadcast everywhere. <laughs> it, it, it will be something conservative, do you know? It will be. The person who's leading the Louisa Jordan just now, the chief executive, is going to be moving into a task force where right. she will right. be going, they'll be going into nursing homes when there's an outbreak and they'll actually be testing residents and they'll be testing around the cases. So not just actually going in and plucking a person out and saying, right, you go to hospital. They're actually going in and they're going to trace the staff and trace how the outbreak happened and if it's moving between homes. The First Minister also said, or it was the First Minister, but the Cabinet Secretary for Health, um, Jean Freeman, also said that another thing they're going to be doing is testing, you know, in nursing homes 
almost like surveillance testing. So when there's not an outbreak, they're going to be doing that as well. But they're also going to be extending the scheme, the testing scheme to over 65. So all over 65s who have symptoms and the people within their household. Um, and also people who are not key workers, but nonetheless have to leave home to go to work. And the First Minister said there'll be you know, much fewer of those cases because the government are still you know, expecting and, and requesting that people stay at home if they, can't, uh, if they can and if they can work from home to do so. So the testing is getting there, do you know, and I'm, I'm not, as I said, a virologist, I have no idea, but watching the interim chief medical officer and the people from the World Health Organization and the health secretary, um, I do have much more confidence now than I did have at the very start, because at the start, I knew it was a novel coronavirus, I knew the way we were dealing with things wasn't great, and the first minister said, we will make mistakes. I think it was the first one yeah. of the first statements she said um, about this. We will make mistakes. We will not get it right every time. But we're they're relying on people to feed that back, you know, to make sure that we can hold the government to account and that it isn't a party political situation because the last thing people want now is to have Jackson Carlo and Willie Rennie Ugh. and, you know, Ugh. and at each other's throat and Nicola Sturgeon and everybody getting the blame for everything. There's got to be... I, and I've not agreed with everything that she's done or said, by the way. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just no, no, not fucking not her because I think she's all right. You know what I mean? No, it's true. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, here are some messages from your sponsors. And now, back to the show. Uh, I've just realised that we have... Uh, managed to rabbit on forever but i do want to get on quickly ish to a point that this has really really impacted on you rob and that you are a person who is shielding that's right yeah so on the 23rd of march we got text messages i think in england they went out a bit earlier we got text messages basically saying you've been identified as someone who needs to shield, stay at home, don't leave the house for 12 weeks kind of thing. Um, you'll get a letter shortly. So the letter came, um, said that the government wanted us to stay at home because I'm immunocompressed, um, or immunocompromised rather, um, because of the Crohn's and the medication that I take to suppress the, the kind of reaction that causes the, the inflammation in the bowel. So Hence why I said it really, really pisses me off when people say things like, oh, this isn't a really dangerous, this is just like any other flu, because it could really, really, really impact someone like my awesome friend Rob here. And that's why I could like, I'm like, moan, fight me, anybody <laughs> who's like, this is just like any other flu, because I have seen how this has impacted Rob's life. Yeah. He is awesome. Is and he has taken this, like, he, I don't know how he does this, I'm not going to interrupt you anymore, but that is why I'm mean, like, this is really important, and this us all sticking to doing this and going by the guidance and listening to what yeah, Nicholas saying, First Minister Nicholas Sturgeon, by the way. So, <laughs> anyway, Rob, continue. On your so the you, you were in a no, no, no. There, there's so initially they said there's about hundred and fifty thousand people who were to shield in Scotland. Then it went down to 120, now it's up to 155,000, I think. And it's people who have organ transplants, they're on medication that suppresses their immune system, has um, inbuilt errors of metabolism, people who have certain bone cancers, that type of thing. 
So there's a, a huge list of people who, due to their condition or the medication they're taking for their conditions, actually are classed as being at extremely high risk. So I've not left the house since the 23rd of March. And what the government have been doing is every Monday, it is for me, I get a box of groceries and it's, you know, pasta, rice, um, fresh vegetables, potatoes, tins of soup, beans, tins of meat, that type of thing, bread. Um, and then a, a letter came yesterday, actually from Glasgow City Council. So, you know, thumbs up for Susan Aitken, who's the leader of Glasgow City Council, because they've actually introduced a shielding plus box. And the plus <laughs> box has got um, eggs and, you know, it's got eggs and fresh milk and it has um, had chicken, some mince, I think it had bacon, sausages, lamb, a pork chop. I had um, lots more fruit and veg. So it was really, it really did complement the other box. And, and it means that, because if you've tried to get a home delivery, you'll know how difficult it is, even though I'm on the priority list to get deliveries. It's so difficult and it is really, yeah. really, really challenging. And this makes yeah. it easier for me to be able to stay at home. And you know what? I, I've seen people moaning about the box, you know, people saying about, oh, but it's, how's that going to do me a week? And how's this? At the end of the day, it's a, it's a basic box. We're not going to eat like kings, do you know? And that's not the end of it. Excuse me. Um, that's okay. Um, we're not going to... People moan about everything, Rob. People want to moan no, of course. about literally anything. Uh, the way I see it is, right, we've been asked by the government to make an investment in the community as a whole by staying at home because they know that if we became ill, we're more likely to become more seriously ill, which would put stress on the NHS, etc. So they're making an investment um, in me with the grocery box and I'm doing likewise by staying at home. And to me, that's me doing my bit. I do not leave the house. And anybody who knows me, I've got an enclosed garden and I'll sit in the enclosed garden sometimes when it's sunny. And that is it. I don't go anywhere else. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Last weekend when it was sunny, Rob sent me a FaceTime and a video of him sitting at the back with his <laughs> shorts on. He had the, the um, umbrella out and he had the... Boy George playing, he was having oh, a real right. old time. Well, that's the thing, you know, Boy George has got to come out <laughs> in the sun. And that's the thing, that's I was it. sitting there, and, I, and my, I am absolutely pale, so I had on, obviously, I had a, a parasol thing, because parasol, I'm milk bottle pale, and uh, yep. so I'm just kind of sitting there, quite the thing. But it, it is, you know, it is difficult, and I'm mentally finding it challenging, but the thing is, yeah. there are so many people in the same situation, and the way I see it is, we all have to do our, our part. And that's the part that I can play is by staying at home. And that's what I'm doing. And I'm just really grateful for the support that the government and obviously the council have provided. And I'm not daft. I mean, we're not, we're not stupid. We know that the likelihood is that this is going to go on for some time. You know, it's not going to be 12 weeks. They'll probably extend no, it. Um, and I'm just trying to use technology to keep in touch with family and friends Um and I'm not going to lie, I mean, it's boring the tits off me, but I mean, I'm I'm trying really hard. I mean, I don't know how much crap I've watched on Netflix. I mean, you see, if you look at my Netflix oh, now, I watch so much crap that, I mean, I, I don't even know. That's my, do you know how it recommends things? It's recommending all sorts of crazy things for me now because yeah, of it. <laughs> and it's a lot, a lot of Netflix, a lot of talking on FaceTime or yeah. just voice notes, a lot of voice notes. We've been doing a lot of voice noting. Oh, I absolutely. And a lot absolutely. of this labour of love here, getting this off the ground. 
And honestly, we're so pleased to be able to bring this first episode to you. And we want to hear what has you guys scunnered. And Absolutely. if this is us scunnered, then we want to know how you've been getting through the lockdown, how lockdown life has affected you guys and gals and everything in between. Exactly. And <laughs> Everyone. What, um, and you can contact us, share the can, Rob. That's right. So you can, on, on our website, scunnardpodcast.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, which is scunnardpod. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash scunnered. So there's lots of different ways. And if you go onto the website, you can actually, there's a phone number on there as well. You can leave us voice messages if you want us to play your voice message. Because um, we, we do, we yeah. want to make it a regular feature because we want to know. I mean, we're scunnered, obviously, but we know there's loads of other people that are scunnered as well. And one thing that I think will help make this a bit easier is if we can feel like we're we're talking to people, you know, we're talking to you, we're finding out what's, what's getting on you All now. in it together. Exactly. Like high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but seriously, like, this is going to be going on for a while. And I think if we can create a wee community of folk that we know are going through this, I mean, there's, we're all going through this, but, you know, we're going to be bringing you regular episodes talking about Lots of different things, not just this, but, you know, loads of different topics. We've got lots of things in the pipeline, and we would love to hear from you. So, but it has been amazing having this first episode, and we will be back soon. Take care, everyone. We have been your hosts, Rob McDowell. And Emma McNeil-Kerry. Bye. See you later. Bye.